when Jesus shall come in glory to reward his followers, may we be counted therein. May we be found to have remained true and faithful to the teachings, life, and light of Christ. And may we have radiated that light to the world around us. May we be ready and remain ready for the calling of the Lord at all times. May we be true to the trust he left us and continually seek to do our best. May we live our lives such that nothing in our hands condemns us and that we shall look forward to a glorious rest on the day of the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we make our prayers. Uh, by our church calendar for the year 2022, our sermon today is the last sermon predicated directly on our theme. You are the light of the world. Next Sunday, 18th, will be our Christmas carol. And the Sunday after that is Christmas Day itself. So, um, I believe the sermons on those two Sundays will be focused on the theme of uh, the Advent. We are in the Advent uh, period. The Advent period ends uh, with the, with, on Christmas. Uh, the themes for those, the sermons for those days will focus on Christmas and uh, Advent. And Advent is part of what we are talking about because the life and light of Christ is actually what people are supposed to emulate in order to show light to the world. So I have taken the liberty of assuming that today is a wrap-up of our theme for the year, even though the two Sundays are not outside it. Praise the Lord. So it is my uh, duty to kind of look back into what we have done for the year, and then we will discuss on the sermon for the day. Um, I'm also aware that part of today's sermon has already been captured on Advent Sunday, when uh, Brother Ugochkude delightfully and eloquently elaborated on prepare to meet your God. The two sermons are similar, and they're all within the theme of our uh, annual uh, discussion for the day. The implication is that the first half of my uh, sermon will capture, hopefully, and remind us of the essence of our theme, and secondly, what, discuss what it means to await his appearing. As usual, I will be done in 25 minutes or so. But I hope that the brevity of the presentation will not be the important thing. I hope that we shall be spoken directly to by the Holy Spirit so that we shall truly be empowered by him to shine now and as we await his appearance in the mighty name of Jesus. I give thanks to the chapel leadership for their continued faith in all of us and for sticking faithfully to the vision of the chapel which emphasizes the priesthood of all believers. It is the priesthood of all believers that makes 
them makes the chapel leadership permit all of us this privilege to stand and share the word of God with all of us. And I am very grateful to them for that. I know it is biblical. It is uh, taken from First Peter 2 uh, verse 5. You are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What is more, you are his holy priest. This is for all of us. We are the holy priests. And we thank our chapel leadership for recognizing and emphasizing that uh, so that all of us will be participants and not uh, bystanders or visitors in the house of the Lord. I thank you for this great opportunity and I am uh, humbled and I pray that Christ will speak, the Holy Spirit will speak and we shall all live here with the spark of the Lord in us. Praise the Lord. Okay. All of us know our theme. You are the light of the world. This saying of Jesus comes from the Sermon on the Mount and is recorded in Matthew 5.14. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. This is true. In fact, a city set even in a valley cannot even be hid. Not to talk of when it is set on a hill. When uh, you drive into, uh, when we used to drive into Enugu through the old uh, um, um, uh, Ninth Mile Ungo, there's a spot that you will stop and you can see the whole of Enugu looking down through into the valley. That was a city on a valley and it cannot be hid. So you can imagine the imagery that Christ was trying to portray to the Jews when he said a city on a hill cannot be hid. It is easy to identify with that. He says, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it gives light unto all that are in the house. If we are the light of the world and we cannot be hid, it is because we are too much. The light is in us. The light radiates. Giving light unto all that are in the world is our duty. That is the purpose of our having, receiving the light from Christ. It's not just for ourselves as we shall see, as the Bible will tell us. Because he says in the next verse, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That is the purpose of our lives. That is the purpose of the light in us. That we, our lights will shine before the world. That the world will certainly see it, see us, and know that we, coming from God, there is something there. That they will glorify our Father which is in heaven. We are that city that is on a hill. We are a big, vibrant reminder to the entire world, to all the world, Jew and Gentile around us, about God. We are the ones being looked upon to show who our Creator and what He is in Christ, our Redeemer, Savior, and Lord. 
The purpose we are made, which is to show light, to show the way, show the path that ought to be walked on by the world. Indeed, no one lights a candle and then proceeds to hide it. Light is the enemy of darkness, and there is darkness in the world. And we are here to provide light, to, to drive away the darkness that, we, that is in the world around us. We are God's people, and we ought to be that light to the world. And we ought to resist any attempts to shield us or prevent us from doing good. Whether that impulse to prevent us is external, as it can be, the environment you stay in, everybody is doing one thing, and for you to do good, you have to swim against the current. But that is the correct thing to do. When you want to join the bandwagon, you know, I tell you, don't be an enemy of progress. Go easy, go with the flow. It's usually because something wrong is being done, and you are being asked, don't shine your light. Don't point out the wrongness of what is going on. Just take it easy. Swim with us. Those who fall into a stream or who enter a stream and go with the stream, never go to their own destinations. They go to where the stream carries you. But when you have a destination set, when you have a purpose, you will swim towards it. Many a time, upstream, there will be more noise because you are going against a current. But it's because you have somewhere, you have a target that you are going to. And that is our choice. And that is our duty as children of uh, God. I also want to uh, tell you that I'm a student of uh, DMGS, an oboe of DMGS. And our motto is Lux Fiat. Lux Fiat. And that means show the light. We, are, we have a duty to constantly show the light. If this theme runs throughout the entire year, it is because of its importance. And it will run throughout what we have uh, said here. And that really is what our theme is all about. We will also remember our first sermon on the theme. The first specific sermon preached on this theme, taken by our Archdeacon, the Venerable Professor Samike from Isaiah 60. Verses uh, 1 to 5. I will read. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up thine eyes around and see. All they gather themselves together. They come to thee. Thy sons shall come from afar and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. Then thou shalt see and flow together. And thine heart shall fear and be enlarged because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee, the wealth of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. This we heard, I believe, on January 1. The very first sermon preached about it. Arise, in verse 1 here, 
is a command to us. This command is made by God himself. Some Bible versions render it as Jerusalem gets up. We, the people of God, we, the people of New Jerusalem, should get up. Get up from the morass. Get up from the grass. Get up from the ground. Get up from iniquity. Get up from indolence. Get up. We should pull ourselves away from a mass seemingly drawing us back. That is the uh, uh, instruction, the command. To shine. To shine is an obligation to God. But this obligation of shining can only be satisfied in our relationship to the world around us. The light comes from God and we are to shine, to reflect it to people, to the world. We are to make light where there was no light. That is our responsibility. We are not passers-by just as we are not passers-by in this chapter. Praise the Lord. But we are to take up our role and shine to any situation, to any challenge in our homes, in our offices, anywhere we walk, anywhere we find ourselves. We shine by our conduct, by our temperament, and by our language, and by our love we are to shine we are to shine for the people for our light is come as we read in the bible we are many times in situations like i said before where you are told be discreet don't muddy the waters get along with others but our duty is to do the right thing at all times we are to always show the light for we are the people that are set on a hill. We are the people who cannot be hid, who are visible at all times. Our lives must be a testament to the world at any point in our lives. We must be the benchmark of correct behavior. We must always show the light. It is the Lord himself that gives us light. And it is our duty to reflect this light of God. In John 1, 4, it says, In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Once we have Christ, we have the light. If we do not have Christ, if we are not born of the Spirit, if we have not accepted Christ, as our savior we are not yet of christ and therefore do not bear that spark from him my prayer today is that all of us will have the light and that we will make it shine on the world so that through our lives our actions our deeds our utterances people around us will see the life of christ in us and come into his kingdom we are the light of the world indeed. And we should be for the salvation of the people unto the ends of the world. I read again from Acts 13, 47. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light to the Gentiles, 
and thou shouldst be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. Here, um, St. Paul, I believe, was talking to the Jews, not just about their relationship with God and getting the benefits. The Jews, descendants of Abraham, we are often wants to quote the benefits that will come to the uh, sons and descendants of Abraham because the covenant uh, between God and Abraham promised that. And they would say, I am a descendant of uh, Abraham. Abraham's blessings uh, are mine. And that is true. God did say, I will make you into a great nation, saying this to Abraham. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. But it doesn't stop there. The Jews were interested in just claiming the benefit. But the very next verse in that uh, uh, reading, uh, any contract is usually a two-way two thing. You know? So the next verse says, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth you. And in particular, I want to emphasize this. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. In thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. It's not just for the light of God we have to be a blessing unto us. It is for us to radiate this uh, uh, light so that it becomes a blessing unto all the world. We are the people that this um, admonition is for. We are the inherit, inherit, inheritance of the uh, blessings of uh, Abraham. Abraham's blessings are ours. But we also have a duty to make sure that in getting the blessings of Abraham, we take blessings, we take light through our conduct, through our person. Through our saying no when we ought to say no. Through our saying yes when we ought to say yes. And make this available to the people. That really is the synthesis of our theme for the year. You shall be, you are the light of the world. You have the light from God. And you must, by your conduct, project this light to the rest of the world. We are of the Lord. We share in his light and life. And we are to reflect this light into the life of others, Gentile and unbeliever included. That they may in turn become blessed, better, enriched, knowing God and becoming a candidate for heaven. That is our theme that is our focus in this chapel and that is what our theme for the year enjoins us to do throughout the year we had different components of this same theme whether we were talking about our marketplace of work in positions of leadership indeed in every facet of our life that essentially was what we are talking about and discussing throughout the year praise the lord Shining as we await his appearing. Our text is taken from where we read in uh, Matthew 21. I will read verse 34 to 36 in particular. Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with kerosene, drunkenness and the anxieties of life and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap for it will come on all those who live on the face of the earth 
Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. What does this mean? How does this tie into our theme for the year and summon for the day? If we analyze our topic, the main ingredients are shining, we and awaiting his coming. We already have been speaking about shining in the past few minutes. And to some extent about we. We are the people who are enjoying to shine. We are the people awaiting his coming. We, you and me, the body of Christ. I am the person to shine. I am the person awaiting his coming. You are the person to shine. You are the person awaiting his coming. But what is it exactly does it mean to await the coming of the Lord? When is he coming? It's a logical next question. Surely we need to know so that we can prepare ourselves, correct? Okay, we'll see what the Bible says. And I will read Matthew 23, 36 and 42. Matthew 23. Verses 36 and 42. It tells us exactly when the Lord will come. He says, but about that day or hour, no one knows. No one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. About that day and hour, no one knows. It means we do not know the time. I know there are some sects that have in the past published when the world will come to an end. Jehovah's Witnesses had 1967, 1971, and so many other dates. Other apocalyptic uh, sects have had their own uh, dates calculated somehow. But this is, this is my authority from the Bible. About the day or hour, no one uh, knows. I am also aware that uh, one of our uh, later um, uh, preacher or whatever says, yeah, the Bible says no one knows the day or the hour, but they know the week or the year. We know that that's not what it means. It means no one knows the time, no one knows the coming, no one knows the dates. You know? Verse 42 says, therefore keep watch. Because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Neither the hour or minute or week or month. No one knows. So we now know that we do not know when the day of the Lord will be. Praise the Lord. The day and the hour of his coming which we await are known only to God himself. Notwithstanding the tribulations of the days in which we are in, despite wars and rumors of wars, despite Boko Haram killing, yesterday I believe two people were brought to Park Lane here, am I correct? We are shot dead because some other people felt that they had put some uh, uh, embargo on people going about their daily lives. That is what the Bible refers to as cross darkness. Gross darkness. When human beings will take the lives of others because of a political belief or persuasion. 
we do not know when what date we cannot put a date to it there is no calendar date for the coming of the lord what then are we to do if our uh, text today is asking us to continue shining as we wait for the lord again the bible is the answer is clear in the bible it says that we are to live each day as if that day we are the day of the coming of the Lord. We are to live our lives every day as if that day was our last day. That is the short answer to the question, how are we to live our lives? When is the day of the Lord? We need to prepare ourselves as if there is no tomorrow. We need to make plans. We need to plan uh, have a futuristic plan, quite alright. But the living of the day is as if there is no tomorrow. Keep watch. He that keeps watch will remain vigilant. Keep watch. Be ready. There's a, our light should shine every day in readiness for his coming. Our light should shine through all through our lives. All the days of our lives. We should be ready. When our dear Archdeacon was transferred to another chapel, right on this pulpit, he shared with us his strategy of stay. You plan for the future. You make policies and programs that will outlast you. But you will live as if that day was the last day of work. So in our offices, let us work as if that day is the last day we will be there. So that we will not need to come back and tell the person who took over from there something I needed to retire. Now that we are in December period, the federal uh, and the states, the public offices are busy trying to finish the budget. The budget for the year, anyone that is not spent will have to be returned. So what they ought to have done in January, they are now trying to do now. The training that they ought to have had in March, everything will be done in two days, sometimes on the table. Everything is done and the papers are concluded. That is darkness. Live every day as if that day was the last day. And you will not need to be running to catch up, to make uh, what ought to happen in six months to happen in, uh, in one week. You know, we bear witness to what our chaplain did say about preparing a place. The, the, the vision for this chapel, I believe, was laid. The foundations for the vision have been laid properly. The mission of this chapel here has already been established. And we are all involved and engaged in it as co-workers in the Lord's vineyard. That is as regards the preparation of our archdeacon for a move he knew would come, but for which he had no knowledge of when it would be. What about us in the body of Christendom? as the light of the world. How do we await his coming? How do we prepare ourselves? Matthew 25, 1-13 It's a story we all know. Permit me to read it again. At the time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. 
Five were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming. They all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise ones, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. May our door never be shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Verse 13. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. This is from Christ himself. This parable was said by Christ himself. And nothing could be clearer as to how to await his coming. And nothing could be more apt than what he has told us here. The ten virgins are all of us. The church, the people of God. We should be dressed and ready and have our lamps burning. And we should be like men waiting for their master to return from the marriage. Everybody is supposed to stay alert and stay awake. The coming of the bridegroom is like the awaited day of the Lord. It is an unknown time. The only certainty is that it will come to pass. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. But when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. But you, brethren, you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. Let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. The message is the same. Let us keep watch. Let us be sober. Let us be ready. Let us live every day for the coming of the Lord. The wise virgins knew that the bridegroom was going to come and they prepared. The foolish virgins knew that the bridegroom was going to come, but they did not prepare. At least they did not prepare sufficiently. They had their lamps, but they did not have oil because they did not know the time. It is not for us to make the estimation of when A will be or B will happen. It is for us to prepare ourselves for all time. Like we said, prepare for a long period. But get ready every day. If he comes in the morning, if he comes, whether it's morning or noon, we shall sing that song of when Jesus shall come. But whenever he comes, we ought to be ready. May we be ready for the bridegroom, no matter when he comes. Our light is our conduct, our philosophy, our integrity. 
resourcefulness, determination, knowledge of the word of God and his dictates. Our persistence to do good and right at all times. Our desire and actions to follow through the examples of the life of Christ. That is our light. This light is fueled by the oil which comes from the Holy Spirit and is indwelling in us. God's Holy Spirit comes from a source apart from the individual. The Holy Spirit comes from God. It then resides in a person and is a power to produce good fruits of conduct and character. My brothers and sisters, may we always have oil in our lamps and may our light continue to shine for Christ for we know not when he comes. May our oil never run out. May it be steadily replenished in Jesus' name. Our light is under a bushel if we do not at all times remain a beacon of hope, truth, and godliness to all around us. How do we go about this? In a season of unknowns, unknown gunmen, unknown price of uh, petrol, unknown uh, salaries, unknown roads, unknown everything, insecurity and societal challenges. Each of us in catering to the cares of the world can get caught up and become susceptible to neglecting our salvation because there are challenges, challenges of life and sometimes the temptation to cut corners comes there. We can lose sight of just how vigilant a Christian must be. We can fall asleep spiritually and cave in a little just a little. You know, you don't take big bribes. You take small bribes. It's not bribe. It's uh, appreciation. You know, it's, uh, uh, it's nomenclature. Okay? Uh -huh. You don't pass. You don't uh, fail people who pass an exam if you're a lecturer. But those who want to pass very well can come around and you will uh, discuss. After all, they would have passed. They are just raising it up to A. So there are many ways our light can be dimmed or be shut out or by our conduct, even in being present where certain things are done, we do not shine the light. If we shine the light, there will be light in the room. There will be no more darkness. Those areas of darkness will now be um, wiped away by the light. It is our duty you know, when the cry was heard, behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. Each oil had a lamp and a wick. Each oil lamp had a wick that had to be trimmed. But it did not burn without fuel. We can be part of the picture, but still be missing a key part. There are many things happening around us, happening in the world. And in most of those areas, there are Christians there. There are professing Christians there. And yet, there are sometimes institutional challenges, institutional um, wrongdoings. Offices gather at the end of the week or at the day to share bribe money. And you say, I won't participate. Let them do and take after I didn't collect. But if you had opportunity of putting a stop to it, my brother, my sister, your light should shine. 
your light should shine such that there will be no darkness even around us. Each person has to ensure that he has enough oil to keep his favor of doing right burning. And that is our relationship through the Holy Spirit with God. Each person has to ensure that his or her own supplies of oil never run out. You can't rely on another person for this resource. It doesn't come from your father or your wife or brother or sister. It is with the Holy Spirit. It is a communication between you and God. With the Holy Spirit, you have the most valuable commodity and power one can have so that you can continue to shine and resist the temptations that are abound everywhere. In our families, I've been using offices maybe unfairly. We are in the political uh, times and people are planning to share dollars to collect uh, votes. But there are also people who are also planning to collect dollars in order to vote. All of it is darkness. Let us bring light back into our fold so that we will move um, as, we, as we do know. I believe we are all enlightened and we know what we ought uh, to do. But it is good that we repeat it sometimes from this perspective. Character is crucial at critical moments. That's what I was saying. You must maintain a consistent character. If you don't, you will lose that. If you take a small bribe, one day the big one will come and you have bigger needs and you will now be justifying. You will now be speaking a lot of grammar to justify it. Semantics will come into the matter. He, he gave it to me after I had done the job. After all, the contractor did a good job. We are just celebrating that his uh, uh, daughter is getting married and they brought a cow or something like that. If you have a strong character, if you are consistent, after some time, people will know. We have had experience. We are in public office. It was known that money doesn't speak with a particular gentleman. Money doesn't work near him. And after some time, I tell you, the temptations, the people who will bring money, they cease because they already known that, oh, if you go there and their mission, oh, I will appreciate it, I will settle you, I will do this, that you are going to get worked out of the office. You have to have character, you have to uh, be consistent in what you do, uh, permit yourself to be led by God's spirit, and that will be a key difference between success and failure. It will be difficult for us to go and buy oil, as it was for the uh, foolish virgins, when the time is near, when the bridegroom is uh, around. For we are told that when they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in. The foolish were not ready, and then they were caught on our ways. May we never be caught on our ways. Our little um, lesson from this parable is to prepare now. Prepare now that we have time. Prepare now. Prepare as if there is no time. Prepare that today is the last opportunity we have. Those who did not prepare were not allowed to enter into the uh, wedding. And the Lord said, and when they said, Lord, Lord, open to us, he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. May this never be our portion in Jesus' name. 
So, in concluding, the return of Christ is an event we know will come, but not when. We have to watch. We have to watch and pray. We have to be vigilant. We have to continue watching every day of our lives. The match played yesterday, the World Cup match between uh, Morocco and um, Portugal, uh, I watched it. And um, the analysis is that Portugal was supposedly the bigger team. But Morocco came in uh, defensive. And they started defending from minute one. And they defended from minute one till the end of the match. When they had an opportunity, they got a goal. But even after getting the goal, they were not interested in going forward for more unless maybe the opportunity presented itself. They continued defending. Our point today is that we have a 90-minute defense going, that went on with Morocco. So also should we have in our spiritual lives. It is a 90-minute thing without a half-time. So, for the duration of the 90 minutes of our lives, for the duration of the halftime, water breaks, we are to be vigilant. We are to continue to shine our lives, our light, into the lives of the people beside us. We cannot follow a multitude to do wrong. In public and private offices, in schools, banks, hospitals, many things go systematically wrong. Almost as if it were an organized crime. The examples are too many, and we have mentioned a few. The point here is that there are just seemingly too many sincere Christians in these places and at these times, and yet the light is not shining. We need to shine the light at all times, throughout the 90 minutes, throughout the uh, half time. Let us not hold on to the truth of Christ for ourselves without shining the light for others to see. My brothers and sisters, our duty is to show the light at all times. To live true Christian lives at all times. It is not enough that we mind our own business and allow the continuation of that which ought not to be. You can say that file that is lying there, it's not my responsibility. So even though I know it ought to be treated by my colleague and he has not treated it, when I'm asked about it, I will say, I don't know. That is like walking by the other side. We know the story of walking by the other side. We all remember that gentleman that fell to marauders on his way from Jerusalem to Jericho. Could be from Enugutungu uh, or from uh, anywhere. And three, good, three people came to him, came by him. The Levites and the priests were good people, as I'm sure our priests are good people. But they were busy with other things, and then they walked by him. The Levite walked by, the priests walked by. It was not their direct responsibility. They were not the ones who knocked him down. And they didn't have a hospital where they could take him to. And they didn't have a camel. They didn't have a horse. And they didn't have the money to pay. Even if they, you know, there are plenty of reasons why we can walk by the other side. But we are told that 
some other person came and did not walk by the other side. And we know which example that we are enjoined by Christ to follow. Brothers and sisters, do not walk away. Do not say, it is not my business. It's not on my shadow. I have no power over it. They will persecute me also if I speak out. Don't everybody know what is right wrong here? Why should I be the only one saying it? It doesn't matter. Be the lone voice of reason in your place of endeavor. Be the shining light. Do not allow wrong to be done around you. Church, we don't know when he comes. And so every day has to be lived in a watchful and prayerful mode as if he comes that very moment. Let us be careful so that our life will not be tossed around. Neither by the ups and downs and challenges of, the, of human life, of everyday life, or loss in revelry and loquacious uh, living. Whether you are in plenty or in penury, be on the lookout that your light does not go out. For the awaited day is not come of our will and expectations, but of his sovereign will and disposition. Are you a wise and watching Christian? My prayer is that our answer to this will be in the affirmative for all of us. The day will come. Let us not be found wanting. Let us guard our loins. We remain vigilant as we watch and pray. We will close by singing. You will join me to sing um, the first and last verses of SS&S 791. And then at the end, I will beg the priest to say a prayer for us. It's a song that we know about when Christ comes, what he expects us to do, and where he expects us to be. Choir, please, can you help me? First and last stanza, Cessus and S791, when Jesus comes to reward the servants. When Jesus comes to reward his servants, whether it be new or night, faithful to him, we find us watching with our Oh, can we say we are ready? 
Jesus' name we pray. Heavenly King, thank you for your word this morning. Lord, may it be impressed in our heart to bear multiple good fruits. Our Lord and our God, we ask that our oil will not run dry and the door will not be jammed against us that will be locked out to be like the people of other kingdom. That whenever you come, you will find us shining for you. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray.